The following is a Mission Studios podcast. Okay, so recent events, I won't get into the details right now. Recent events in my life had sort of got me thinking about deep philosophical question. Oh. Just White so, bread or brown bread? I said deep. Okay. Not 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 gross jungle fever. A king size loaf. <laughs> <laughs> now would I be pinching this loaf or would Ew, you use your fingers, that's disgusting. I didn't say with my fingers. Yeah. Was there a point I was making here? Yeah, but you put your hat on, so that's all covered. <laughs> it's true, I do have like points on my head. It's like sort of shaped like one of those old timey coffins. <laughs> I was actually, my, my mother used to tell me that when I was a kid, you, you got coffin head, don't ever stop growing hair. And then I got bald and well, now I'll my, stop growing hair. <laughs> <laughs> thanks dad. Um, yeah. Do we miss out on happiness because we're taught to settle? Huh. Cause we're taught to settle. You were just so careful of putting your mug down. I figured I'd slap mine. Hey, quit mugging me. <laughs> I don't know, are we taught to settle? Or is it just something we do because we have a fear of loss? That's almost, yeah, actually, you know what? That's a good way of looking at it. See, you've already, like, fucked off my entire question and we haven't even tried to answer it yet. But now that you pitch it in a more intelligent and grown-up light... Hi, hi, bro. Yeah. I won't go lowbrow, though. I'll just go low IQ. Let's lowercase. Okay. Yeah, I guess nobody's really taught me to settle. It just, I've kind of taught myself to settle because I can't handle dealing with disappointment. Right. So if we set our slights low, then... Fuck, you know, it's kind of weird. And I hate doing this again because I feel like we've done this a couple times before. But instead of this turning into, like, one of my philosophical musings and a good conversation coming out of that, I feel like this is going to turn into another one of those free therapy sessions where I come here and you fix whatever the fuck is... Horribly, horribly broken in me. Oh, I'm not that fucking intelligent. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it it does. It still it still spurs the same question. So, do we abandon happiness because we have so drastically taught ourselves to settle? Well, I don't know if we abandon happiness or if we just like don't ever get to the point where we achieve it. Right, because what we think is happiness is evidently what we've taught ourselves to settle for. Well, I know we've we've probably dropped this quote on the show before, like what uh, Jesse James said, you know, nothing we're doing is easy. Right. But I think it might go even a little bit beyond that, right? Because, I mean, we, it's not necessarily laziness. Sometimes it's a case of, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to do what needs to be done in order to get the thing that I think is going to make me happy or that's going to like uh, achieve a step that will lead towards my happiness Sometimes it's a case of, look, I've done the hard work before, and what's happened is I didn't get what I was after. Mm -hmm. It was crushing and disappointing and hurtful, and I don't know if I want to feel that way again. So the next time we just sort of like aim a little lower and a little lower until eventually we're just in a fucking rut. Yep. I don't know. This this isn't this is already not going where I thought it might be going, but I'm kind of wondering now, like, what if anything can we do to get out of that rut? Because it's hard, because half the time, people aren't even going to realize they're in that rut. A rut's a bad thing to be in, too. Because, I mean, I I can't remember who said it, but they had compared uh, a a rut to basically a grave with the the ends kicked out. You know, you're not living in a rut. You're just 
basically laying there fucking rotting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you if you look around and you think of all the different, like, it's almost kind of like a, an epidemic of people needing therapy or taking pills to make themselves feel less in a rut. There, there's got to be something, some common thread that's running through our, our modern society that's kind of making this the norm. Like, yeah, is, is mental it, illness. <laughs> men, mental illness, I, I think, in some degree, has probably always existed, but why is it so prevalent now? It can't just be that we're noticing, can it? Maybe it is, because before, when people had mental illness, they were witches, and, oh, he's fucking succumbed to the, but to the devil, and look at him, he's acting that way because he's fucking all satan up and shit. I kind of like that, all satan up and shit. <laughs> we should actually put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, like, people have always been fucked, but just because, like, something's always been a certain way, to, I, I don't like to think that we're, like, stuck that way. I well, mean, no, we, it takes people noticing and, and really focusing to make a difference. Yeah, so, like, last time we talked, I don't know, like, how many episodes it'll be now by the time this ends up airing. But the last time we talked, we sort of got in a little bit about our individual mental wellness challenges right? right i know like i've gone through some pretty dark shit not mm-hmm. not that long ago everything kind of turned around when i started dealing with things a little differently than i typically deal with them like i'm not in a dark place now i'm actually like probably one of the best spots i've ever been in and it didn't really take a massive overhaul of like my life skills or my approach to decision making or anything like that mm-hmm. It was literally just a case of allowing myself get swept up in a situation, right? Well, and there's little parts that you're we've been building, and building and building that have played a part in allowing situations to happen. Yeah, so I mean, it's a combination of you know, maybe I was just not pushing the the situations away. I, you know, through the help of like you and the other one person that actually gives a shit about me. <laughs> getting to the place where the, the the door was open where you know the wind could blow through and actually like you know hit me somewhat but i didn't feel like you know when i i sort of got on this roller coaster ride that you know I, i'll keep on alluding to but not actually get into the deals of, details of mm-hmm. the, the the tipping point actually didn't really feel like a decision it, it actually would have been a decision to not allow myself to get swept up in it right i, I, I took the easy path and it was amazing but that hard work that we've put in for the last years building ourselves was what made that transition so fucking easy. Because now you're in a mind space where you can just let it happen. Yeah. So maybe we don't necessarily forsake happiness and settle. Maybe we, in our heads, program, well, as long as we're not overly hurting, we're happy. Yeah, actually, that's a good way to look at it. Because... I don't even know if like settling per se is exactly like the, the right term. Cause if I think of all the effort that I've been putting in for years to essentially like do what we're referring to as settling, mm-hmm. it was a lot more work to achieve mediocrity than it has been to achieve happiness. Huh. That's astounding that I had it something takes, intelligent to say. It takes more work to reach mediocrity than it does to coast through happiness. Well, that's been my recent experience. Well, I'd never know. I haven't been fucking happy. But <laughs> No, and up until fairly recently, I really had no idea what it was all about. Mm-hmm. 
I was so busy doing what I thought was what I was supposed to be doing. When I just stopped doing that, boom, happiness fucking blindsided me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and all honesty, I've got the same position. You've seen me over the last year and a half. Yeah. My situation has totally changed because I just allowed it to be. But it took a lot of growth before that. Remember, I was single for eight years. You yeah, there, 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 there was a lot of like prep work that definitely had to go into like getting your your head ready, I guess, like you say, to just let go. Right. Well, yeah, you were the one hearing all the whining about fucking. I'm still single. It's eight fucking years. Holy fuck. <laughs> no, and I'm almost wondering. It's sort of like you know when somebody is like going to do bungee jumping or skydiving or something. You know, you like even if you're not actively doing anything to prepare yourself, sometimes just standing on the ledge and taking in your surroundings and mustering up courage of nothing else. You know, take that leap. Or, or or even just to stay there looking over that fucking edge. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes even standing still, yeah, I mean, that takes a fair amount of balls sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I cannot put any conceivable notion why I would trust a rubber band to stop me from falling. But standing up on that fucking overly high platform and looking down, that in itself is a challenge. Not, and it's not necessarily because I'm afraid of heights. It's that stop when you get to the fucking bottom. Yeah. That's what really bugs me. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's a case of it just, like, you take the jump. I mean, like, you know, like the rubber band, maybe the parachute's more your thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, like if you're, if you're if you're like, in a plane and you're going to have to get down to the ground one way or another. Right. Like, do you want the thrill of jumping out that door and screaming through the air and then eventually pulling that cord and, like, floating down to the air having had a fucking amazing experience and having seen a view of the world that you otherwise would never have seen, mm-hmm. or do you just chicken shit out and ride the airplane down? I'm you sure know, it's pretty up here. <laughs> yeah, and then walk away thinking, "Fuck, I wish I'd jumped." But you know that that has that has a twofold. Like, and even looking at the worst case scenario when you parachute, okay, two. What that you live through the fall. One, you put on the wrong parachute and all the, all the silverware comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Happens or, all the time. Or two, your chute doesn't open properly, it tangles, and you do that spiral fall. Mm-hmm. Again, they're, they're, it's perception. Okay, I know I'm going to hit the ground, I'm going to freak out, but you know what, if I'm going to fucking die anyways, I'm going to fucking enjoy this. Well, I, th- I, think, I think that that's actually a good way of looking at it too. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I was, um, I can't remember what, the, what movie it was I watched last year sometime, but... Um, one scene in the movie, there was a young couple and they were sort of like sitting on the edge of the cliff looking over and they were talking about, okay, like what if you jump, say you decide to take your life by jumping off the cliff, do you go face down so that you can see it coming or do you go face up and look at the sky on the way down? So you're going to be surprised at the moment of impact. Yeah. So your ass goes through your head. (laughs) But you know, it, it was one of those things. It's like. I was sort of stuck on that question. It's like, okay, if I'm in that situation, which way do I want to be looking? Do I want the thrill of the ground rushing towards me? Or do I want just like the sweet denial of looking up at the sky, never knowing when it's all going to end? Wow. And the more time I spend thinking about it, the more I realize I think I'm a face down person. And not just in the jailhouse sense. <laughs> face down ass up. But you know, like it, and it, it's not even like you need to use a suicide analogy. Sometimes it's just a case of like, you know, if you if you bungee jump, if you skydive, there's a reasonable expectation that you're going to come through it okay, but there's always that risk. Yep. I think everything in life 
you know, there's a reasonable expectation that you're going to come through okay, but there's always that risk that you're going to come through permanently fucked by it. Yep. And uh, whether it be matters of love or career or even just driving a little bit too fast when the road conditions are absolute shit. You know, like, these are decisions we make. These are experiences we have. Do we want to enjoy them or do we want to squint our eyes and ignore them while they're happening? You know, like, I don't know. This is just raising so many different questions about the way we approach life and love and, and happiness and everything else. And, ev- like, and, and everything, yeah. You know, you go to the concert. Do you, like, give yourself to the moment? Do you watch the band on stage? Or do you stand there with your fucking phone in your hand watching the experience through a little screen so that you can watch it on the same little screen later? Wow, what a waste of a ticket. Because somebody else is going to record it anyway, so you know that. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, it's not just limited to the concert. Do we waste our tickets to life in general? Do we waste our ticket to our career? Do we waste our cricket to... A cricket? Do we, do we waste our ticket to watching our kids grow up? Do we waste the ticket to enjoying our friendships? Like, how, mm-hmm. many, how many tickets in life do we waste? I mean, we're observing the experience but we're not really giving ourselves to the experience and you know the 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 farther we get into this conversation the more i think that that's really what the underlying issue might be is that our insecurities and our past hurts have taught us that maybe we shouldn't just give ourselves to the experience when in fact all we're doing is fucking ourselves out of any potential happiness yeah well i'm just blown away it's so Oh my God, what's the word I'm looking for? It's so awe-affirming that we choose to let these kind of amazing experiences pass through and by us. Yeah. You know, I, I'm fortunate in saying I put 100% and 10% of me into raising my kids, so I enjoyed every moment of it. Yeah, you didn't waste that ticket. But there are so many other things that I could have done mm-hmm. that I could have fit in there, but I didn't. And that was a choice. Yeah, subconscious, but still a choice I made. Sure. Yeah, and, and that and that recent experience of mine that I keep alluding to, but just won't give anybody the satisfaction of hearing about. I mean, it's just. Um, I think that's the first ticket in my life that I haven't wasted. I wasted my ticket with my kids growing up. I know that. I wasted my ticket with you know, two marriages, but an opportunity came up and I couldn't waste this ticket, and I'm so happy that I didn't. I'm going to correct you there, because you didn't waste your ticket. You can't correct me there, because you don't know where I was at, and I absolutely wasted that ticket on the on the kids, and I regret it every fucking day. I wasn't going to say on the kids. Okay. I was going to say you got a best friend out of, out of your first ex-wife. Oh, yeah, okay, that's true. <laughs> but, I mean, e- e- even that whole experience of, of being married to her, I mean, yeah, we, we ended up taking something amazing out of what really was a shitty situation. Right. But I mean, it's something that I've carried the, the, the regret of the way I handled myself in that situation mm-hmm. for many years. Actually tonight I talked to her for quite a while on the phone. And at the end of the conversation, that is something that I did eventually apologize for. I wanted to acknowledge it and tell her that I was, sorry for not giving it my all and for not being the person that I probably could have been had I given it my all. And while I, I don't really regret where we ended up because of, you know, the, the, the time we were together and the fact that, you know, we had to rise above the bullshit because we had a, a child together. 
ultimately the time that I spent in the marriage is not time that I'm proud of. Right. And, you know, whereas I, I, I still don't agree with you that that wasn't a wasted ticket because the good that came out of it, I, I kind of feel like I wasted my ticket, but I enjoyed the fuck out of watching the Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Thank you for listening. This is and always will be a politically incorrect version of the Missionary Position Podcast. Mission Studios, the Missionary Position Podcast, its employees, or its entertainers are in no way culpable for anyone being butthurt, slighted, or in any way offended. If you, as a human being, cannot accept that something may sound like a close resemblance to your situation and not be totally about you and your little remnants of an existence, that is your issue. Send your opinions, hate mail, boot pics, full nudes, ideas, or questions in the form of an email to missionarypod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at missionarypod or like us on Facebook at the Missionary Position Podcast. Support the show with a per-episode donation by visiting patreon.com slash missionarypod.